You practice, I make progress. It's the Postman. You're listening to me on the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, as always, and let's just go down this roster. He is my longest friend. He is also a veteran. He is the man who supports the Sea of Red, and if you don't know what that is, you're about to find out. He lives in Lincoln, Nebraska. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Give it up for Lou Dog Franchise. Bullshit up. Ask questions later. Let's roll. <laughs> so, this is the Three Count Presents Now Entering the Ring, which means one thing. We have a special guest for you. This man can be found attached to OVW. This man can be found in IZW. This man can be found on Devotion Championship Wrestling. He is one-third of Grunt Style Stable. Let's be real. It's, he's the most intimidating person on there. He has also got his own podcast called Whiskey Tango Talk, which I am a huge fan of. This is the mercenary Derek Pissarro. This is a Toro. You almost oh, had it. I almost had it. <laughs> All good. Cheers to you, my friends. Hey, yo. Shouts. I was like, I feel like I'm going to mess this up, and it's going to happen. But it is. It is. What's going on, huh? Not much. Hey, thank you for uh, coming on and doing this with us, man. Oh, no problem. So just a quick little tidbit. We are the Grunt Style Stable, and the tag team is Violence of Action. You can find us on Facebook. Go like the page, Violence of Action. Please and thank you. We put a lot of our content on there. So uh, if uh, if you're a fan and you're not already on there, find us on Facebook, Violent Action. I'm not going to lie. I'm a mark. I was, I'm a fan. I love the video you all did with um, the little girl in the balloon. <laughs> yeah so with those it just kind of started with roman and i being separated and um we had to create some content and so i had him come over here in my podcast room and put up a green screen and i had my producer uh shoot a bunch of different promos and from the promos we just kind of liked the getting to know grunt style you know, stable, and from there it just took off, and now it's like one of the biggest thing that people ask for, hey, when are you guys releasing a new video? So I appreciate you uh, throwing that out there. Yeah, it's one of our favorites. Yeah, definitely, man. I was I was dying, and then just seeing Roman's reaction to the whole time, like, he's just ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I popped. I'm not gonna lie. But as much as we have our connection with Roman, this isn't about Roman. This is about you, my man. So let us know, who is the mercenary? So um, I started off wrestling when I was 17. And then um, I wrestled till I was about 22, left for the military, got in some out-of-the-ring trouble that uh, pushed me into a different direction. And uh, – it was weird. I, I started off in Western States Wrestling, which then became IZW. And I traveled with a bunch of UPW guys back in the day. Um, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, Frankie Kazarian, um, Luther Range, which was Horseshoe back then. Um, just, uh, you know, John Cena uh, at one point in time, you know, was here in Arizona with us on shows. Um, I had a lot of supporting cast around me and I just, for some reason, walked away from the game when, uh, 
I went into wrestling. And then when I started this podcast, I had brought Nav on because he's been in um, Navajo Warrior, for those that don't know. He's been in the business for like 30 years. And uh, he asked me to come back and do a rumble for a reunion show. And uh, I just, I couldn't say no because he was my original trainer and I got hooked. And then from there, they asked me to come up with a gimmick and, and start wrestling again. So uh, the mercenary was based on kind of a reverse Ted DiBiasity idea. Um, being former military like yourself, I thought it would be great to utilize, you know, the military gimmick and step in the ring with Roman. So uh, basically the gimmick was, okay, is the first sergeant from Grunt Style going to pay me? Because if he is, he's the highest bidder. Boom. And that's how I came up with mercenary gimmick. So, yeah. Yo, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. And then like. Yeah, a little story, but sorry. <laughs> no way, man. This is all you. You need to talk about as much as you want. I don't really care. That's what we do. <laughs> we make our guests feel at home on this show. That's what we do. So, um, like, since you've been in the business for a while and then you kind of stepped away, now you're back into it. What do you think is, like, one thing that's missing from the business? Um, storytelling. Uh, the issue with wrestling today is, um, and, and I know I'm going to catch heat from this for, from other wrestlers that watch it. And you know, I, I don't care. Um, plain and simple. The, the issue with wrestling today is spot fest. Um, a lot of spots. I love AEW. I love what they're doing. I love that they're challenged WWE right now, but I, I can't, I can't watch more than four or five matches. I had like I'm a big fan of storytelling, and um, it's it's like the Moxley uh, um, match the other week with uh, the guy from the Bronx. What's his name? Yeah, Eddie Kingston. Kingston, thank you. And uh, they they both know no sold uh, a German suplex and a Saito suplex, and then Moxley comes up and drills him with the clothesline. So you're telling me that a clothesline is stronger than the German that you gave him before that you both know sold. And it's just like, I get it. I get the spot, but if you're going to, if you're going to run it like that, at least finish with the German, no sell the clothesline. Maybe, I don't know. It just stored. Sorry, my dogs. Storytelling has kind of lost its, uh, its way. And that's why I really enjoy the indie circuit to, to find those old school wrestlers that really know how to tell stories in the ring. So, no, definitely. I, I, and it's crazy, but that's not the, that's out of like all the episodes we've done. That's the big percentage of what's like done. Yeah. Question when's asked. Yeah. I get well, it. If a fan doesn't know you, how are you going to present yourself to a fan? And what are you going to do to tell that story? Who's the hill? Who's the face? You know, and, and are, how big of a hill are you? How, how big of a face are you? So, uh, just, uh, for me, storytelling has, has lost its way. And uh, I would love to see that come back in wrestling. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Me too. So every wrestler has one of these, man. So I'm kind of curious about like, what's yours, what's your favorite fan interaction? Uh, kids, kids, dude. If, if you cannot connect with the kids in the crowd, you're losing you're losing a good 60 to 70% of your audience. So, um, I mean, we're all marks, 
We all grew up being marks. Uh, being a kid was the best part of wrestling. Like you believed it. You believed that shit was real and you wanted it to be real. And then when you found out it was fake, you still wanted to believe it was real. So, um, you know, do. what's that? I still do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, my bicep will tell you it's real. I just tore it there last Saturday. So, but uh, yeah, I would say the best part about fan interaction is, is really um, getting, getting the kids bought in, getting the kids bought into what you, what you want them to think of you. So that's the best part of fan interaction. Now, you know what, a little side note, the worst part of fan interaction is fans who think they know you too well. Mm. <laughs> that to me just bothers the shit out of me. Um, I won't name names or locations, but we have, a group of people um, that just, whenever they see us, they think that we're best friends. And it's like, other than wrestling, I don't know you. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but I don't want to know you. Now, if you did something, you know, to where I feel like we would connect outside of wrestling, yeah, I'm going to be your friend. But I'm not trying to go out of my way and add you to my personal social media, which I have, you know, an account for wrestling on Facebook, an account for wrestling on IG, you know, my personal pages, if you don't get added, don't take that personal and come up to me, you know, and, and bitch at me about shit. So it's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's, that's such a great point. Like that's something like that doesn't get talked about a lot. I mean, we've, we've talked about with, especially with female wrestlers, we've talked about it um, like off air. We never, and I got to bring that on up, up one time with a couple but anyway so like off air just like we are talking about like the strange things that people are doing like when you're not around and even for guys like we catch that too like i remember looking at my facebook page and it was like somebody made a facebook page and it was like nine hours before and then they tried to add me as a friend and they were friends with another friend of mine who was a wrestler and i was like mm, yep yeah, we're just gonna block you because i don't know you <laughs> dude i'm telling you the weird dms i get on Instagram, you know, from, from fans on my personal page. Like if you message me on my whiskey page, whiskey tango talks on IG, I'll try to get back to you. That's my wrestling podcast and my production page. And then we try to, you know, my producers on that page as well. If it's a wrestling related question, I try to answer it immediately. If it's a uh, podcast question, we both kind of mix in. And then if it's a production thing, he gets on, but, uh, I've had some weird requests on my personal page from fans. Um, had a few uh, ladies send a few things that, you know, my wife is on that, <laughs> that page. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whirlwind of, uh, okay. Yeah. She wants to support me, but also now I got a, a few hoes that I got to worry about in that way. So. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is definitely unique seeing like, yeah, you're de right. Like just all the people who like come to you and question you. I had, um, I did a video like, cause I'm on TikTok as well. I did a right. video on TikTok and like this random lady sent me a message and she was like, uh, aren't you married? So I like did a video where I was just like this the whole time. Didn't say anything, <laughs> didn't do anything, just did this. And yeah. the responses I got back, right. On that video, I was like legit telling people like, yeah, I'm married. Yeah. One lady brought me back. She's like, you can't be married. You're wearing that ring on the wrong finger. I was like, well, the video is mirrored. So like, <laughs> that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with wrestling, I don't wear my ring. Um, mm -hmm. 
just because I've even it's a it's a rubber ring. I've caught hair before grabbing somebody pulled some out. So I just refuse to wear my ring. And that's usually where I get a lot of the, well, you weren't wearing your ring in this picture, but yeah, well, have you seen my podcast? I it's on camera 24 seven. So. So for me, my next, uh, my next question that's going to be for you, man, is like, what kind of advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers? Um, Oh dude, that's hard because the easy go-to would be to seek veterans, right? Seek veterans and, and learn as much as you can. Um, I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate with not having to seek wrestlers. Um, I went to school and I got into wrestling uh, in Arizona at the right time. Like, um, like I said, I did a lot of traveling with UPW guys and everything like that. Um, my first six months into the game, we did a 12 – it was a 12 stop between Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, and California, 12 different shows back to back to back. And it was breaking the ring down, putting the ring up, you know, Hey kid, go get this. Hey kid, go get that. And then it was, Hey, we got an open spot, get out there and wrestle, you know? And my first show show was at a Carniacea here in Arizona and uh, same card as La Parca and just an indie show that, you know, uh, some Lucha guys through at, at this Carnegie in Phoenix. And um, that's kind of when I realized the circle of veterans that, that I would tell you to seek are the ones that you start with because the veterans outside of your circle, um, they're rude. They're just rude, dude. Like until you get to know them, until they know you, you, you get shit on. And uh, I'll tell a quick story and we can move on from there. But to this day, I will not shake Honky Tonk's hand, Honky Tonk Man's hand at all. The dude gave me the up and down look at 17 years old, squeezed the fuck out of my hand like he wanted to rip it off, stepped on my foot as he stepped over me and said, nice to meet you, kid, and has never said a word to me since. And there's been a few interactions where I've been around him quite often, and he doesn't remember me, and I don't care, but I still refuse to say hi to that guy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm still bitter. But, uh, <laughs> Um, younger wrestlers, um, really trust the people that you're working with. And if you can't trust them, my advice is to find somewhere else to go. Um, the game is changing so much and old ways are still there. There people are still clinging on to the, the politics of wrestling. And then you have the people that are doing things very differently and, and there's not a real way to go right now and trying to get big. So the advice would be if you can't trust the vet in that circle, find a different group. Find a group of people. So that, that's great advice. It's actually I think that's the first time I've heard that. Like so yeah. Shout out to that. I just got a lot of I got a lot of trust in the people I put put myself around. And um, without that trust, I, I wouldn't be where I am right now. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you're not really anywhere. Well, actually, I'm a sponsored athlete through a military company, and they pay for all my travel and board. So I think I'm somewhere. That's never been done in the wrestling game. So, yeah. yeah. Not to toot my own horn, but it's interesting, you know. <laughs> so I guess my last question for you, um, and it's going to be a fun one because I – 
I want I wanted to ask Roman the same question, but I just never got the chance to. What's the toughest part yeah. about being in a stable? Um, honestly, there isn't one. There really isn't one. Um, being a sponsored athlete through Gruntsal and having the uh, the majority uh, majority shareholder as as your stable manager because he was a mark, um, like. Grunt, Grunt Style has, has made everything relatively easy for us. Um, I would say if, if there was an issue, it's the distance between Roman and I right now. He's got a lot going on in Georgia. And eventually, if I don't make that trip either to Texas where um, Tim is, I have to make that, that trip to Georgia and figure out if I'm going to do two and a half weeks there or, or just move. So, because it'd be two and a half weeks a month if I go out there. And that's probably the hardest part about being in a stable. And Roman is, is um, a grinder, dude. He's, he's grinding in the wrestling game like nobody. Nobody understands how much that guy is really doing. And, yeah, he's not the greatest worker. He's still fresh to the game. Um, but he's not the worst. And he's getting better every day. But um, what the, ground, the groundwork that he's laying for our stable – has been tremendous, but definitely the distance is, is really fucking rough, man. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I mean, it's funny because like he's like I said, like we were talking about before, like we've known him for like ever. And like if there's one thing I know about him as far as like the wrestling business goes, like there's like no stop to him. He will ride the train till the wheels fall off. And like and then at that, he'll still grind. <laughs> like it's one of like the, the the greatest qualities about him that like we you know we can put over like it's he's just amazing at what he does and and even even weirder and again this isn't about roman but even weirder is he's just an awkward guy <laughs> like i love him to death but he's so awkward man and sometimes i gotta grab him by his britches and tell him hey dude like like calm down this is what we're doing like i know you got a, a set path but like once he's he's settled in and he trusts you, the awkwardness kind of goes away. But he's it's it's phenomenal. He's actually the one that begged me back in wrestling, along with you know uh, Steve. And so uh, I couldn't be more blessed to be in this stable, though. Yeah, yeah, you guys are definitely tearing it up. So those are my questions from me, man. I'm gonna hand it over to this guy Luke? down here. What's up, bud? What up? Hey, by the way, how are the Broncos doing this year? Yo, come on, man. Let's get off this subject, okay? <laughs> right. I, will, I, will end, I will end this podcast right now. <laughs> we go right to the 10 count questions and we all bounce. <laughs> Don't even give us your Twitter. <laughs> no, for real. Um, my first question for you. Mm-hmm. What motivates you to continuously to improve in the ring? Um... I'm not a, I'm not a contract chaser. Um, everybody in the wrestling business wants a contract, right? Like who doesn't, who doesn't want to get paid for doing something they love? Um, what motivates me is bringing back the late eighties, early nineties style wrestling. That was, that's what motivates me. I love when I, I, uh, you know, everybody wants the guys in the fucking back to jerk them off and then tell them, oh, they're the greatest, they're this, they're that. I, I want the feedback of, hey, dude, that was fucking old school. 
I really appreciated that match. That was great. Thank you. You know, not, hey, did you see this spot? And, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of what you hear backstage. Uh, guys want that acceptance of, hey, look what I did or look what I can do. Yeah, yeah, 450 splash. That's cool, bro. But uh, can you chain wrestle? You know, like, uh, so for me, the motivation of bringing old school wrestling back to the business is what I want. That's my motivation. Cool. Um, you have, do you have any regrets? Uh, not staying in the game, dude. When I, when I went to the military, s- stepping away from the ring, um, yeah, my body probably, probably, uh, loved it. I mean, when I first started wrestling, I was a buck 85, dude. And I just remember after training, you know, after wrestling, like, um, Luther Reigns Horseshoe was one of my, my head trainers. Like that guy would drive me into the fucking mat at 180 pounds, dude. And for those that haven't taken bumps from a guy that's a hundred plus pounds bigger than you, like it, it's, you can bump all you want. Shit's still going to hurt. And uh, I think my regret was it's like stepping away for so long, but the benefit to it is, is I, I'm six one two forty now. And that's my shoot weight. That's not my bill weight, you know? And uh, I'm able to take a lot more punishment. So, but uh, I definitely missed out on a lot of opportunities due to stepping away. I got you. I got you. Um, so a lot of a lot of we a lot of people that we've talked to, they say they don't eat before matches. So my question for you is: is after your match, what are you trying to eat? I actually eat before my match. Oh. I do. Yeah, I uh, I eat once in the morning, and then about an hour to two hours before my match, I, I'll usually eat. Um, uh, as long as I can shit before I eat, <laughs> I'm usually good. Uh, but I, I don't like wrestling on an empty stomach. Um, it just because uh, if you do get nerves, those nerves on an empty stomach just I don't like. I don't like feeling like that. So I usually eat, but uh, after. After I eat, I usually celebrate with a beer, man. Um, I'm a uh, dark beer guy or a whiskey guy, and uh, it's usually something to do with pizza or burgers afterwards. Uh, um, it's just my style. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's jump in the time machine. Let's speed this up, and we're five years from now. Where do you want to okay. Ah, That's a great question, bro. Um, I actually had this conversation uh, today. Um, the WWE is not for me. It's not for me. And the reason why, it, if, if, if I went to the WWE, it would be as a talent scout and or a writer. Um, I'm big on, on writing, and I think the WWE's writing right now is shit. And for anybody that's watching, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. The WWE's writing is shit, and I think I could do 10 times better. Um, the uh, but the the shareholders with um, WWE and everything, uh, it's become it's become sloppy because of it. And I don't mean to have this long running answer, but I just need people to understand the when you were a kid, right? What did what was it about WWE that drew you? Was it it was the size of wrestlers? It yeah. was or of their character. 
You know what I'm saying? It, it, larger than life. Name name a wrestler from the late '80s, early '90s that was it that was under 200 pounds. Oh yeah, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, you probably couldn't, right? And when WWE became a shareholder company, they, uh, you know, steroids, testing for steroids, testing for this, testing for that. And, you know, your Scott Steiners, your Triple H, you know, like those were the guys that probably didn't get tested. But like as testing has progressed, look at the look at the wrestlers now. They're getting more out of shape. They're getting less. You know, they're not as big. Then you have AEW. And there's probably three people on the roster over 220 pounds, if that, you know. And AEW, they're not a shareholder company, and they're allowed to do what they want. Now, I'm not saying, hey, kids, go out there and do steroids. But what I am saying is there's a build that wrestling has, and that is the fucking build that I would want if I made it to the big show. So I think AEW is my route. Uh I believe that uh, I could bring a lot to that tag team division. Uh, I have good size. I have good agility. Um, we have a great uh, stable, you know, and when I look at the tag team division, there's not much there. There's not much there. And, and I think that uh, the violence of action and grunt style stable can really bring something to AW. That's where I see myself in the next five years. Uh, Perfect. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no problem. Yo, that's though. That's a great answer too. Actually, when you think about it too, you're right. Like, AWIs, like, I mean, you do have like FTR, you know, because they're you're, they're soft. Yeah. Team. But like, yeah, everybody is like, it's like it seems like a lot of the teams are big man, little man teams. I mean, minus mm-hmm. like the Bucks, obviously, are, are gonna be one that's like they're the same size, obviously. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. After that, now I'm sitting thinking about the teams and stuff. I was like, man, yeah, like. He's, Wardlow and MJF, you think about Jurassic Express, like it's a big man, little man teams. Uh, Roman Roman's shoot weight is about 210, and he's bigger than QT Marshall in person. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I promise you. Darby, Darby's maybe 155 pounds. Like, oh, yeah. like you look at their roster, you got like Luchasaurus, and Brian Cage is 5'8 at best. Yeah, he might be 220. But he, he doesn't have height. I'm I'm a legit six one and three quarters, and I'm standing I'm standing about two forty, on a good day. So I think my size, you know, would really be great. And then if I can get Roman up around the two twenty range, where you know that's a good size tag team for AEW and their size. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that definitely works out, man. That's crazy. I didn't even think about like. I see them all. I know, like, they build themselves at different heights and stuff like that. Because, like, for me, shoot-wise, I'm 5'10", 210. Like, right. I'm, like, right in the pocket. That's crazy. I didn't even think about it like that. But yeah. enough about size <laughs> comparisons and stuff like that. We got to get into the best segment of this podcast. And all right. The three-count podcast, ten-count questions. Here's how it works, man. We're going to fire off a bunch of questions at you rapidly. It's whatever's first thought off the dome. Off the dome. Okay. You gotta be ready. Cause here we go. We're gonna put the imaginary timer on the clock. Bing. And here we go. SmackDown or Raw? Raw. Batman or Superman? Oh, Superman. <laughs> Favorite movie? Interstellar. Oh, great choice. Best actor? Yeah. Um, 
Nicholas Cage. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's a joke, right. man. <laughs> yeah. Favorite TV show? Um, Hell's on Wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Uh, yeah. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Hamburgers. Favorite podcast? Whiskey Tango Talks. Hey. Okay. <laughs> plug in there. <laughs> Yeah. WCW or WWF? Well, Attitude Era killed it back then. So I'm going to – Raw versus Nitro. Oh, man, DX. I, I got to go with WWE. Okay. WWE. Sorry. Nominate one person to be on this podcast. Uh, dude, Tom Chad. Tom Chad from DCW, fellow veteran, Navy – the guy is a character of which I've never met. And he is a beautiful father, a great man, and a veteran. And he's an up-and-coming wrestler. So, Bad. Coming for you. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person on this podcast, favorite curse word? Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's like that's the only <laughs> choice, man. Like anybody else says something different, I'm like, nah, man. Like we all know the f bomb is the best bomb. Yeah, I like I like cunt with a capital K, but yeah, fuck is usually my go to. <laughs> well, hey, so that's really like kind of all we've got with like the podcast and stuff. So more importantly, what we need to know is let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Um, uh, whiskey tango talks on Instagram. Uh, violence of Action on Facebook. Please go check it out. And if uh, you're a fan of podcasts and weird conversations, check out Whiskey Tango Talks on Spotify. We would greatly appreciate your support and help. And uh, whatever I can do for you guys, let me know, and uh, I'll put you on blast my podcast as well. Oh, awesome, man. So. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. But well, that is it for our podcast this is the three count presents now entering the ring and i am your host once again clifford red dog we're here with luda franchise here with the mercenary because you know he's now entering the ring so guys tune in to the next episode and be there or be somewhere else what's going on three count nation i'm clifford red dog miller with the catchphrase but what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.